what's going on in here? Do some bloody podcasting. We're depressed, Mr. Danny. We're doing all these episodes and getting no reward for it. It costs us to host it on the platforms and we run up expenses while making it. What do you think you are? Professional bloody podcasters like Joe Rogan or something? Statistics show that podcasts are more likely to continue for years with financial assistance. Well, we give it away for free and we don't have a way of monetizing it, so I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe I can help? B52? What are you doing offering sponsorship to an Office and Extras podcast? It's mental. I was in the area promoting my new special offer for listeners of Wernham Blog. We're the world's largest beer club and for a monthly subscription, members receive a new subscriber box each month. Each box includes eight unique craft beers, two snacks and a magazine and has special monthly themes such as Belgium, California and New Zealand. This is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but could you make it so that if you put in www.beer52.com slash Blog? Our listeners get their first case for free and you only have to pay postage just five ninety five. Are you having a laugh? Ooh. Beer 52. If you subscribe and type in www.beer52.com slash word and blog, you'll be supporting the making of your favourite podcast. And it'll be the best day for the podcast since old James bought the light shade during our live stream of the quiz. Ooh. <laughs> Are you having a laugh? It's not funny, you know, it's crass, it's lowest compliment there. Who's the sexist, misogynistic, the anti-cult? God. The thick demographic, that's what I'm going for. I'm dignified from ever age. I don't get it. <laughs> and the podcast award goes to... Mrs Brown's Boys Weekly! Commiserations again, Danny. I knew I won't win. I'm not in it for the awards. Still, it's nice to have some recognitions from one's peers, isn't it? I mean, listen, it's not really my business, but have you considered doing something that isn't revolved around Gervais and Merchant's work? I mean, I think they're considered a bit old-fashioned these days, you know? Especially if you want to pick up one of these old gongs. Not bothered. As I said, not bothered about the awards. Uh, old quotes and quizzes. Bit undignified for men of our age, though, isn't it? Well, I don't really think we are the same age, but, you know, cheers. Looks a bit desperate. That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't feel desperate, you know, to knock about podcasts. I'm doing it with my friends to entertain fans of the show. As I say, I'm not really into high art. Ah, but as Oscar Wilde once said, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking up at the stars. <laughs> Probably thinking about men's trousers, the old puff. Hmm? What? Oh, he's looking up, yeah, at the stars, yeah. Yes. I'll have to look at some stars right now myself. Yeah, you'll be seeing stars in a minute. What? Nothing. Why do you keep coming back in? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 4 of the Wernham Blog Extras Podcast. My name's James and with me, good news, he's going full-time at the Carphone Warehouse. It's Seth. Are we having a laugh? (laughs) (laughs) Can we get on with this? He's got AIDS, Alzheimer's and landmines to do this afternoon. It's Jack. Tacky shit. (laughs) And it's Danny. It's always bloody Danny. (laughs) Statistics have shown that podcasts are more successful if the person hosting the session isn't relentlessly mocked. (laughs) (laughs) What was that shit? I don't know where that came from. I just just, started talking and it just came out. (laughs) Different show. Alright, here we go guys. It's time for the eagerly awaited BAFTA episode. We've seen Andy been battered by Bowie and pilloried by the press, but uh, surely he's going to get some admiration from his peers at the BAFTAs. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's the thing. In a normal year, I'd say no, but you know, this year I've looked at all the nominations and and it's all shit. Anyone? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but yeah, this one is definitely about like 
he's trying to now get the respect of his peers, isn't he? Like he's done yeah. the public. We've seen what the media thinks of him. And now it's like, is he going to get respect from his peers? It looks like it at first. Like, he gets the nomination. That's something, That's a it? big deal, right? Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I never really noticed that they do knock down those three pillars, you know, in, in the... Yeah, in the yeah, he's only watching, obviously watching it back and analysing. Yeah, it. but, um, yeah, you'd, you'd think he would. I mean, getting a BAFTA, surely, I mean, not just anybody gets a BAFTA, right? Well, well in, the, <laughs> in, in, in the comedy male performance category, to be honest, there has been some. Of... There has been quite a lot of shit over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Mrs. Brown's Boys has. He's won, isn't he? Won, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be unthinkable in the no. extras universe for when the whistle blows to be nominated. Although, to be honest, when it comes to Mrs. Brown's Boys, considering how popular it is, it's fair enough that that guy maybe it shouldn't win best show. But he's created an iconic character. He's created a character well. people love. So maybe right? it's kind of fair enough that if there's a if there's a category for best male comedy performance, maybe he does kind of so, deserve to win one. So how does BAFTA work? Is it like is BAFTA the body that decides, or is it like democratic referendum of so like of the public? No, it's not the people's choice. It's, it's not. The, it's not the NTA. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, no, so the BAFTA decide. It's yeah. Like, it, right. it's, it's peers. It's like the Oscars. It's voted on by actors and actresses and producers and directors and people that are in the BAFTA Academy. They actually right. know Teddy. Yeah, they actually know Teddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it does seem implausible that, that some of the stuff you see coming... How does some of this get stuff get through the net now, then? Like what? Like, well, what? like Mrs Brown's Boys. We talked about it before. We yeah, have... because I, I guess because they, they, is... they have to take a step back and look at the, all the comedy. Yeah. I think they're given like a list of, like, here's all the like male comedy performances of the year that have been yeah. on TV this year in the eligibility like calendar. And then they've got to say, right, okay, who deserves to be nominated? And I guess, you know, when Mrs. Brown's Boys is that popular, it kind of does deserve to be so nominated. Do they, do they pick maybe. the nominations or all the winners or both? They pick the nominations and the winners, yeah. Really? Yeah. So, so it's yeah, already predetermined when they go. It's all, it's all set up when they go in there. They it's all, a con, isn't it? I usually just pick the best nominations and take the rest out of my order. You know what I've heard is that um, they know in advance who's going to win and they'll make it awkward. If they know you're going to win, they'll make it awkward for you to go to the toilet. So, because oh, yeah. I was reading, I was reading some like Catatonia or someone was saying that when she went to the Brit Awards, um, they were she was just going to the toilet, and not getting bothered. So she, knew she, <laughs> she knew she weren't going to win. Maybe the Brit Awards. I think the BAFTA yeah. had a bit more respectability. I mean, it seems to me like if you have a reasonably successful sitcom on the BBC, you're going to get a BAFTA nomination because how many, how many, new, how many comedies are there on at only one time? Not that many. I'm going to look up and see what kind of person. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Let's have a look, yeah. But it's the thing about it is, Andy's <laughs> looking for this sort of thing for ages, right? If you'd said to him at the beginning of the day when he first woke up, how would you feel about a debate nomination? He'd be over the moon for it, right? But, he's but as soon as he, he gets goes, it, oh, won't win. The first it. thing he says is like, doesn't matter, I'm not going to win. But you can see he's at, when he's first told about it, he's impressed. Like he, he's trying to play it down. Mm. He's trying to lower his expectations. And there's a look is. between him and Barry, isn't there? That's quite nice. The sort of look where Barry sort of starts nodding to him, like, yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't believe it. No, and Barry's but, like, yeah. But know, Barry's always been his. Barry's always strangely been his kind of his kind of spirit guide yeah, in a way yeah. the way he kind of looks at him like it's all happening mate Barry kind of believes in it in a doesn't weird he? way <laughs> does kind of look up to Barry in a strange way and in a strange way but he didn't believe it until he, until Barry gave him a nod yeah. in a strange like, way Barry really believes in Milman more than anyone else because he's charted the course right he's the, he's, he's sort of he's, he's gone ahead he's he's he's, he's fell through the pitfalls and stuff so he is, he, he is a good spirit guide in a way because you know you know how not to navigate yeah. the fame the life of famous he's, he's almost like that the, the like the, the, the wise nodding kind of like chief <laughs> like it's okay you're gonna get there son <laughs> um, so recently I'm, I'm just looking up who's what kind of people have been nominated for best male comedy performance lately like the nominees have been like the winners have been quite good it's been Charlie Cooper won this year for this country oh, yeah. uh, Jamie Dimitri Entirely won for Staff Let's Flats by the way. yeah 
but there is also like they, they, they'll just throw in some like random Steve Pemberton in 2019 yeah yeah but then also they'll just but throw yeah. in some like Harry Enfield got nominated for the <laughs> Windsors Brendan O'Carroll yeah, got nominated for Mrs. Durant Brown's boys Steve no but I'm looking for the crap boys <laughs> But uh, the thing is, like the thing is that that's the winners. But like nomination is basically like anyone that was in a successful comedy this year, basically. Yeah, because how many are there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just Where's like, your damn nomination? Yeah, exactly. That's what I say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'll probably get nominated for being on one of the We didn't even get nominated, by the way. Oh, the podcast what? awards. Oh, yes. Didn't yeah. even get nominated. Not a sausage. Podcast awards. Oh, do you get? Do you and Jack get caught doing coke in the toilets? Kathy <laughs> <laughs> Burke was nominated for Gimme Gimme Gimme. Like that's a perfect analogy yeah. for uh, for um, when the whistle blows, isn't it? Hang on, that was the year of the office as well. The year that Ricky Gervais won the BAFTA for best comedy in the office. Which year? He won Kathy Burke. Three years. Yeah, but Kathy Burke in two thousand and two was in for Gimme Gimme Gimme. That gives you the context of the time the yeah. office came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man alive. I kind of think Gimme 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 of its ilk was quite good though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We watched it back now. Probably... Oh, it's shite, but kind of, <laughs> kind of good and it was good shit. Yes. But I remember watching That's it. the good shit, like, man. Think, like thinking, oh, I'm watching a grown-up show here. Yeah, yeah, it was so, naughty. Certainly yeah, in those days, but, you know, BAFTAs, they did gravitate towards the mainstream, just like the Brit Awards does in music. Yeah. You know yeah, but I mean? also, you've got to remember, there was no kind of, like, indie, cool, like, comedy really out there. I suppose The Office was in a sense. Well, The Office and Alan Partridge have been yeah, nominated, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. there, wasn't lo- there wasn't enough to fill up five slots at the Bafters no. of no. just cool kind of yeah. indie underground yeah, exactly. cult things. There was loads of sort of clip shows and not sketch, sketch shows at the time, yeah, right? That's yeah, when yeah. the early days of Mitchell and Webb was going, you got all of the Little Britain stuff, you got the Catherine Tate stuff. Yeah. There was quite a, that, that going, was a big bubble going Going back here, it was The Fast Show and yeah. 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 So, yeah. So anyway, it's realistic that he would be nominated. Yeah, and yes, totally. So, he but, could, but, could even win because you know it's all shit this year. Well, that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's that's why I think he's kind of like he also knows that it's not that high a bar. Like you said, if you've got a sitcom on BBC, you're already like a th- two, three, three quarters of the way there. Yeah. So yeah. that's why he's kind of like Although, I think not reacting like as like happy as he you know. But he's he's, he's also an eternal pessimist, right? Yeah. Mm. I feel like it's 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 uh, Andy Millman's last ditch attempt at credibility. It's like one final olive branch from the industry. Mm. Well, not his last ditch. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's got one more chance. Yeah, you got one more chance. <laughs> next episode, he has a proper run at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he goes like... for the, next episode, he goes for the critics. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he does. You're absolutely right. <laughs> But I mean, this one always stands out to me. I always sort of think about this episode as the sort of the one where they roll out the big guns. You know, this is like yeah. a big celebrity episode with you know the, the big celebrity special. I mean, it's called Chris, the Chris Martin one, right? But yeah. Chris Martin is such a sort of small. There's so many in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Albeit brilliant, he's he's fantastic in it. But uh, yeah, I always think of it as a sort of the big BAFTA special, the kind of BAFTA all star special. Yeah, although the all star in this case is what is it? It's Maura Stewart, Ronnie Cole, <laughs> yeah. Stephen Fry, and Daniel from Holby City. Davina Davina McCall. McCall. Yeah, Davina McCall. Richard Briers. Richard Briers. Okay, yeah. Are you calling him Briers? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's weird though because obviously in series one we saw the, the the celebrities were like the key parts of all the storylines, whereas in this one you've got all these celebrities, but they're basically just extras. Mm. Yeah, but like the stories about Andy, yeah, not about is, them. Which is how extras should be yeah, should yeah, work yeah. which is why I've always thought that people who have a go at series two for focusing too much on Andy making the sitcom and he's not an extra anymore it works I think this is the mm. perfect way for extras mm. to work in that it's about Andy and the 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 celebrities come because he's now in the celebrity world it's kind of more realistic that he would meet more celebrities for a shorter time do you know what I mean yeah. they kind of just he would just kind of pass them. Passing yeah. through, Two yeah. ships in the night. Ships in the night. <laughs> Let's get out of business. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so, this, so we're recording this episode now having just released our Stephen Merchant episode, right? And yeah. It's going really well and we're really thrilled to everybody that's listened. But one of the things that Steve mentioned was how 
when they first started, they anticipated that they were just going to have the celebrities being literally extras, right? Yeah. And he felt that that was a kind of a joke that would have, have lasted for the duration. It makes me think whether the style of celebrity use they had in the first series would have lasted the duration. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because actually for it to become a meaningful story, they need to shift the focus onto Andy probably and have these celebrities being a bit more background, a bit more incidental. Yeah. Mm. So maybe that was a sort of a deliberate thing that they thought through. Mm. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, I mean, series two, series two. Yeah, I've, I've, always said, I've always said that. I've always said that. Reason, I've always said that. Yeah, the reason why personally I like the first series one is because it's more about like the celebrities. But yeah, I mean, series two is primarily about Andy, and the, the celebrities are very much the accessories. But he's yeah. in that world now. So like this episode, it's, it's got more celebrities in it than any other episode, and it's probably less celebrity focused than any other episode. It's all about Andy this one mm. yeah because he is now the celebrity yeah yeah exactly exactly <clears throat> and because he's a celebrity the first thing you see him doing is a really heartfelt yeah poignant comic relief sketch which yes. were you know all the rage at the time I mean there's actually been a lot of criticism now about sort of celebrities doing some of these sort of visits to Africa obviously he wasn't doing that but did you see the Ricky Gervais's the sketch when he, when he yeah that was brilliant yeah. 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 Andy yeah. Peters yeah. Steve Burchin yeah yeah like Bono and alright Ray what are you up to mate what are you doing just doing one of those comic relief appeals from Africa. You're not in Africa, are you? This is BBC Television Centre. Yeah. You can't fake being in Africa. Yeah, you can, yeah. Get a blue screen, right? Pop the hat up. Bob's your uncle. No, obviously, technically, you can fake it. I mean, yeah. you can't fake it morally. Right. I'm not going to go to a country where you need injections to get into. That's a good holiday. Also, you get just as good publicity. Faking it is actually going there, so everyone's a winner. I wonder if maybe you're doing this for the wrong reasons. What are the right reasons? Well, obviously, you know, a lot of people are less fortunate than you are. Most people. There was a run there on Comic Relief Day where Gervais, it was when he was at like, the height of his yeah. powers, him and Merchant, and I would, even though everyone knows Comic Relief Day, Red Nose, the Red Nose show is, is absolute shit, right? It's always it didn't just, used to be. No, but this is what I was going to say. And then it's Red but, Nose Day. The old was excellent. The old comic relief specials that he used to do. They were when he interviewed, uh, well, what's his name, Simon Pegg as the Milky Bar yeah, Kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the golden period when you were the Milky Bar Kid on our screens. No, well, I, don't really, I don't really want to, to be honest, Alan. It was a very dark time for me. I had a breakdown. I turned to... Uh... Uh, stop talking about your personal problems. <laughs> and uh, put this hat on and sing the song. No, well, I don't want to. It's a comic relief, do it. When, when you go on YouTube and find like, you know, the 10 minute highlight of the yeah. five hour show, that's yeah, brilliant. That's yeah. it. <laughs> it's probably not so brilliant to sit through five hours of it. On the there, night. Was a, there was a point there, I think it was like, so it's every two years, right? So I think it's probably like the, that, that peak where it's 2007, so, yeah. yeah. Mm. Where there was like, you had me fooled as well. There, there was two shows in, a, in two Red Nose Days in a row where, yeah, there, he, Jermaine's and Merchant did like a special little thing and it was like the highlight. And I would actually watch the show to see that bit. Before I think that before YouTube had really taken off, so you yeah, couldn't yeah. see it the next day. Like you wanted had to watch it then. Those were so great. Yeah. I, I, Did you donate any money though? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have to cost us anything. Yeah, I, yeah, I found yeah. when when I was watching this earlier, I found that that um, that intro with with uh, Andy Millman's kind of plea. Yeah. really believable it felt like yeah. it, that's exactly what they're like and that's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, the yeah. kind of kind it's not something you've to worry about is it <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good example of it. it it lets us know exactly what kind of celebrity Andy Millman is yeah like he's because that's it's realistic but that yeah. a, a sitcom yeah, they'd, what well, Brendan O'Carroll would do that kind yeah of yeah they want to see the face oh it's him look oh yeah, it's yeah, him yeah, oh yeah. isn't that nice yeah. you, know, you, you, know. you and McGregor or um, yeah. Sophie from Peep Show talking about the Yemen <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what he is but also he's doing it with a bit of integrity and earnestly right 
right? Yeah. When you compare him to Chris Martin, yeah. who walks in and obviously the first thing he does is, is rip open his shirt with the Coldplay greatest hits on it. Yeah. <laughs> this screen, mm-hmm. you're going to project anything on there? Oh, I'm, I don't know yet. I'm not quite sure. Okay, because we have an album coming out, greatest hits. Huh. Maybe just put a picture of the album cover on it. Oh, I, just simple. I think probably if we're going to project anything, we'll show sort of pictures of people dying because of a lack of clean water. Could they be holding the album? He's such a good sport because obviously in real life he's very much in with his Ox fam and yeah. you know, well, again, that's what they're playing and everything. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Only, he's just totally like, he's a very good sport, Chris Martin. I mean, I, I don't much like Coldplay, but he's a such a good sport. No, I agree with you on that, Danny. I think it really I, is. I think my. I've, I think my uh, how much I, I, I rate a, cele- a celebrity goes up when they're willing to go on extras and oh, ate themselves like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. Know. My, they go up in my esteem, should I say. Yeah. But he's you know. always had like, a, he's got a reputation for like, he hangs out with Simon Pegg, he yeah. he's friends with uh, Ricky Gervais, there's that hilarious yeah. uh, uh, video of them, yeah. like a, a, an interview Gervais has done with uh, Chris Martin in, like, in, in a pub garden or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, Gervais hilarious. is asking really inappropriate questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on tour, you have the band and crew in stitches with your famous impression of a disabled. Why... <laughs> Do they find that so funny? <laughs> Chris Martin's like kind of like playing along, so yeah, he's he's got a reputation for kind of like yeah, being a good sport, and being quite like not not too egoic and and, and kind of yeah. whatever you think of Coldplay, he's always seemed like an all right guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's the impression. You know, he's a bit pretentious sometimes. I mean, same with James Blunt as well. He's always you yeah, know, he's, he's making you know makes weary music, but yeah, he's willing to take the piss out of himself. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Anyone who's willing to take the piss out of themselves, you yeah. you can't yeah. help but respect them a little bit more. I mean, the upshot of the scene though is that Chris Martin recognises Andy and straight away <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Backhanded compliment, if you like. And, uh, oh, we have in a laugh. He gets it yeah, quite, quite wrong, doesn't he? And he invites himself onto the show. And of course, Damon's there, flapping away. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can do it. We'll change yeah. it. <laughs> no, we can do Tuesday. Um, and then, obviously, then we've got a really great cut straight to the when the whistle blows. Scene, yeah. You know, and uh, this is your one of those scenes, Danny. What, what's the scene? Do you remember? Well, it's the one where um, you know. <laughs> It's the iconic scene that we've um, used for our adverts with um, radio stuff. The one we put on the episode, you know, yeah. the, one, the one where um, you know their radio's broken. Yeah. And it's yeah. just the most desperate, ridiculous setup. And obviously, like you know, Andy's had to write this. He's had to write this nonsense, especially for Chris Martin he's coming in. Literally shoehorned him in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't believe it. It's only Chris Martin from Coldplay. Chris, what are you doing here in a factory in Wigan? It's mental. Well, Ray, I'm just uh, in the area to promote our new album, Coldplay, The Greatest Hits. And um, I thought I'd pop on over, say hello. Right. When's that due out? It's coming out on the 17th of this month, and it's going to be really great. Oh, fantastic. Well, this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but do you mind performing a song for us? Are you having a laugh? (laughs) (laughs) But... We all know when the whistle blows is shit. Andy knows it's shit. So at I that point, why not? It. Why not put Chris Martin on? But it's that kind of show. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of show now. Yeah. But it did make me think because obviously I've always thought that when the whistle blows is kind of like a, a kind of dark universe version of The Office. Can you imagine a celebrity having come in onto The Office? Like if like uh, yeah, they wouldn't have come on The Office for sure. I've got me thinking though. Maybe oh, someone's car breaks down outside. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if The Office went on until series five, it might. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it as more like a sort of a dark northern sort of Alan Bennett kind of thing. But I think I've said that before. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me this bit of having Chris Marty on there and doing a song just randomly in the in the studio as like uh, Jim Ross Young ones. Yeah, mm. yeah. Every episode they had a, a band of the time that would come and do a song in every single episode. And I think reading the Rick Mail autobiography, he said that it was about, or autobiography, he said it was about 
the only way they could get it on the BBC as a variety show was just to have these in, like bands just incongruously pop yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be a variety show, yeah, wasn't it? That's exactly. how they sold it. But it added that added to the anarchic feel of the yeah. Well, this is the thing, and also yeah, it was that kind of show. It wasn't trying to be anything. Like, yeah, it wasn't trying to be like high art. It wasn't trying to be like be kind of some kind of sincere, authentic kind of. Mm. Um, like, yeah, but the, the reason Chris Martin is there is just a desperate bid for rating. There's no yeah, credibility yeah. left. As soon as Damon sees it's Chris Martin, it's like it doesn't matter. Just make it work. We're, you know, we're, and I can just imagine. I can just imagine him kind of making some calls like, "Yeah, no, sorry, we're going to have to cancel it all. Move it all to Wednesday." Yeah. Chris Martin can, you know, but 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 it's on a Thursday normally. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to let everyone down with the tickets they've already bought. We're going to do, you know, they'll move hell come hell or high water. They're going to get Chris Martin to do his little, so, tacky little spot. Well, yeah. you know. everything he's been through. You know, talking about having credibility, Andy still doesn't say no to this, right? No. He just lets it happen and then he whinges about it later. So the next shot we've got, we go cut straight to a, se- a section of Inz Aaron Lamb's office with, da- with uh, Andy reading a review, which but basically it's, validates everything Andy knew but never stood up for. But it's, it's an. It's, he tried to stand up for it. It's, 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 it's a perfect it. example of how he wants to have his cake and eat it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He wants the credibility, but he can't turn around and say, no, fuck off, I don't want Chris Martin on my show. Because well, yeah, he wants yeah, yeah. the show too and he wants the money. So. And to be fair, he gets the blame for it endlessly. Yeah. Like constantly he's the one that's the prices goes yeah. after yeah but I mean at the end of the day like it's already a sunk cost at this stage isn't well, it well that's the thing so who cares if Chris Martin's on it and they, they slay it again they slay it every weekend exactly but one quote I thought was quite revealing in this scene is that when um, when Darren Lamb says to him what news could you get that would mean you finally got the critical respect you've been looking for I don't know BBC One comedy with catchphrases and stupid wigs filmed in front of a live studio audience of morons is suddenly considered cool that's quite revealing in that he only wants to be considered cool. Like, he's not doing it for artistic merits. He just kind of... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. He's saying that he, if, it, if, if what he was doing was considered cool, then that would be right. He'd be okay with it. He but is, he knows yeah. it's not, so he's yeah, not happy Absolutely, yeah. He's at his really core, he is pretentious, yeah. right? At yeah. his core, he just wants to be... He wants the recognition. He wants the recognition. He wants to be considered artistic and cool without actually particularly necessarily being it. Like, I know? bet if there were some critics for, like, The Guardian, like, high-considered critics, but mm. said, like, oh, I get it. It's an ironic... Like, yeah, yeah. It's a joke version of a sitcom oh yeah 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 yeah, Yeah. definitely really we were skewering the the, the opinion of the sitcom and turning on its head suddenly you could be cool you know yeah speaking of having your cake and eating it I remember this scene for the muffin bar yo I'm having the muffin I'll come through why is this an event he's excited Andy right Sean lovely bit muffin hello you Mm. You've seen the outtakes for this as well, right? Yeah. yeah. They just can't get it right. And, and it, I think it's one of the things where Steve Merchant's referring to corpsing for the first time. Mm. It's like, he says, oh, it was an indulgence in the office. He really couldn't get his head around it. But suddenly, when you're there holding the muffin, well, and, yeah. uh, it's just, yeah. It, and he it, just it, throws in, hello, you, and you weren't expecting it. And it just. What I like about that is, it kind of like, it makes me think in their relationship, um, Darren Lamb and Barry. They've kind of been talking about the muffin all day, you know. Ooh. Like, yeah. like, oh, have you seen the muffin? Oh, that's a nice <laughs> one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a focal point of their day because there's yeah. so little going on. No, we're not the muffin is we're we're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the muffin's become central to their day. So when he's finally said, "I'm having the muffin," he's like, "I'm coming through." <laughs> it's a big event. What is an event? Obviously, there's, there's also some good exposition here, right? Because this scene announces first of all we've got BAFTA nomination coming up. Yeah, and we've got the radar. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, tacky shit. 
Yeah, There's a big payoff for the Raidel later, yeah, isn't there? Yeah. A massive payoff. But, and we're also going to, you know, slave labour, you know, like kids making it and, you know, hoping they don't get a beating. <laughs> yeah, but they'll be having a great time <laughs> while they're making it. That's his demographic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's about this point. Comes from, isn't it? I'm a shit demographic. That's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah. no, the thick demographic. The thick demographic. Thick parents. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, I'm off. <laughs> I wonder if there is a, a <clears throat> pardon me, a Mrs. Brown's boy's doll. I wonder definitely. If, there's there got to be, isn't there? There, definitely. there was definitely Little Britain. Dolls. Little Britain that's, dolls. That, that's yeah. what this is a reference to, isn't it? All that. It's more Little Britain than anything else. No, sorry, I wasn't going to say anything. Go on, <laughs> you gonna... I was Go just going to say, Shuba Papa Dom, Shuba Papa Wala. Oh, yeah, but Jane Goody one. Yeah. Cut that out. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that, that very quickly became in poor taste, didn't it? It aged <laughs> too well, that bit, but it's in the show, so. Yeah. Let's have a look. So, yeah. What are you looking for? Just a bit of uh, Mrs. merchandise. Bra- Mrs. Brown's boys. Yes, yeah, Brown- oh, is there? Yeah, go on, let's have a look. There's a pillow. Of course there is. That's nice now, Fekko. That's Redbubble, that doesn't count. We've yeah. got stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. If we've got stuff on there. Definitely. Oh, here we go. There's an ultimate party game. Oh, look, here we go. I think this is a... Is it? I don't know. It is. Oh, is that real? I think that's homemade, though. Come yeah. on, come on, baby. <laughs> yeah, 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 like they they yeah. can't see the pictures, though. This is pointless. There was a peak. <laughs> that's a good point. It's <laughs> a great reference I just made there for anybody <laughs> listening. They can't see Sam's Go on, Dave. Basically, we're looking at uh, merchandise just to get an idea of, of the kind of... Tacky shit. Tacky merchant, shit. Merchant, merchant eyes. Merchant eyes. Merchandise. <laughs> Merchant's eyes. And we found a Mrs. Brown's boy's dolls, but it, doll, but it uh, bore yeah. a striking resemblance to Dirty Bertie. Yeah, yeah. So you there you go. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but yeah, it doesn't really happen so much anymore. Like, there's no kind of Citizen Khan or Man Like Mobine kind of um, merchandise, like dolls or anything. But Citizen was... Khan. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. There was a point, there was a point in like, the, the late 90s, early noughties, where yeah. every hit sitcom had some merchandise. It would, would be a tie-in book. It'd be, you know, a doll. Yeah. And I would, you know, I remember every Christmas I'd get that shit. I, would, I was like, I remember I got all the League of Gentlemen merchandise you could get. Oh, no, was... I got I got the, the well, the office merchandise. What little mer- office? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I got a Babs Cabs little car where it came with the DVD set. Um, but yeah, I got the whatever, what little office merchandise there was, I got that. The script books and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what this is a play on, isn't it? For uh, any of the younger listeners who would think, like, why would they make a Ray doll? They, yeah. would, have absolutely they would have made, made a Ray doll. Yeah. The thing is, now everything's well, customized. Well, and Little Britain does, like we were saying. Everything's yeah. customizable, right? You can just go onto Redbubble or Vistaprint or whatever and get literally yeah, yeah, yeah. anything made in any mm. shape or form. Yeah. You can even get, like, little action figures of yourself now, but yeah. <laughs> Where's back, yours? Back, back <laughs> in the 90s, there definitely would have been some kind of, like, flea bag doll. Tacky shit. One thing yeah. he does know, though, is that if you're going to go to the Baptist, you've got to go with a girl, and that girl's got to have a dress. Yep. Yeah. So he takes Maggie out shopping, and we've got our little pretty woman sequence that yeah. goes on here, but obviously there's a little bit of a twist. one of my favourite scenes in the whole thing. Go on, Danny. Talk us through it. Well, you know, she goes in there, uh, the woman looks at her like she shouldn't be there because the dress is £2,500, and then, of course, Andy walks her back in, and, um, <laughs> well, I mean... I, I kind of think it's a bit tight here, Andy, because is two and a half grand really a lot of money to him? Well, for a dress? I know, but... But he, yeah, and he made loads of money out of this thing. Well, well, I mean, well no, no, we know for a fact he has. No, because he had to give half, half away. Yeah, yeah. He had to give away half of his entire series wages. And do we think when the whistle blows is going to get a second series? Probably not. Well, it does because we know that because of the Christmas special. Give him a second oh, yeah. series, you shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it obviously is like enough of an amount of money for him to be concerned about giving it away and. 
it's just it's just brilliant to see like the way he like he's literally he's trying to talk her out of the dress without actually yeah. getting it in front of the woman and the, the, the little face he calls yeah. can I suggest why you like it so much because if you close your eyes it's and the watch face. this he's Brent he yeah. is Brent yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say here we go always knew you were Brent <laughs> she's pure David Brent you. this whole scene when, when he looks at her and he says I'm going to ask you a question now consider the answer okay do you really want me to spend £2,500 on that dress? Yes. <laughs> the little face he makes is absolutely priceless. He can't hide his Brent occasionally. Yeah. yeah anything awkward, there's, a, there's just that little bit. And then when, they're the, when they're the conversation about, you know, knocking the 1% off and he goes, I'd rather you own it on or anything. Yeah. That's pure Brent as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 600 quid. No, I think they're too expensive. It's too cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It is hilarious to take just the whole. Curious that the woman was having such an expensive shop. <laughs> well, yeah. To take to take the iconic pretty yeah. woman scenario of like, you know, poor girl goes into the dress shop, is looked down upon, and yeah. so she's able to flip it round by said by then revealing that she can actually afford it and have it that the guy who's going to buy for her actually is actually too tight to buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your Christmas and birthday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's just saying, oh, it might not fit. <laughs> sweat rot. Why does he reveal the sweat rot? She's obviously not going to take it back if there's sweat rot. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, I don't know what but, but, she's great as well. Yeah, the actress that is in the shop, the, 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 the sort of hard-nosed bitchy. She's horrible. Just, you know, yeah. But we've spoken before about how thick Maggie is. Mm. But like, how could she not get the hint? Do you know what I mean? She's not thick. She's, she's she actually, knows what, I think she knows what she's doing. No, I don't think so. I think she's supposed to be like, yeah. kind of sweetly oblivious. No, no, no. Because when she comes out wearing the dress, <laughs> yeah. she says, can I keep it? Because she knows really that it's an expensive dress. And yeah. actually, there's a really interesting moment there because when she comes out wearing the dress, Andy has a little bit of a double take and he's almost like, Obviously, they're a platonic friendship, but he's almost a little bit like, like um, speechless. Yeah, I've, written, I've written this down. Knows. I've written that it's kind of like a bit of a. If we didn't know what comes next, obviously, which is nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you might think that this is a kind of a hint towards like a, a precursor romantic... to something. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that for a moment. Yeah. yeah, I did think that for a moment, but then I always think I, I don't think that was the intention. I think it was just him kind of looking and saying, actually, she does look nice. Just yeah. that little kind of moment, you know. He softens, doesn't he? He softens, yeah. yeah. But it's a kind of like yeah. that, the she's all that thing of like, yeah, yes, she kind right. of, yeah, the, the, the curtains open, it reveals that she kind of like looks amazing. Because if you didn't like, know what you know, Jack's right, if you didn't know what you know about the rest of the show, you could easily be convinced that actually that might be a bit of a precursor yeah. to something. Yeah, you know. I was still half expecting by the end of the series them to be, you know, kissed under yeah. mistletoe to Yazoo's yeah. only you. Yeah. My dad's yeah, yeah, convinced yeah, yeah. that they are, by the way. My dad is convinced that the ending yes. of the Christmas special is metaphorically going off into the sunset. Exactly what I um, do you really? Yes. And you could. We'll get to that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad, I'm more hey, like than you realise that. Yeah, I really do think that. Um, but why she got two CV? We'll, we'll go into that when we get to that. That's why I've spent more time worrying about why she got that bloody two CV than what happened with her and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> we get another little bad review for him as well from the, uh, the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shop as well, <laughs> which saying? I think is brilliant, you know. He just says it's about it's a bit brawl and catchphrase based. Because you know, talk about selling out. He literally is there saying, "Come on, look at my face." Yeah, yeah, yeah. said, he'll he'll use he'll use the notoriety of being in that show that he's embarrassed by it if it. Will yeah, get yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. So but yeah, he never does. He's <laughs> had a bad, he's now had a bad review for bouncer. He's had a bad bad review for bloody shop assistant. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, I tell you how to do your job. I'll like, sweep that bit of floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. But one thing I was thinking about that scene is before we move on to the actual BAFTAs why didn't he just tell the woman it was for the BAFTAs but Oscar like Oscar nominees and BAFTA nominees if you go to award shows you're always giving freebies like they True. want you to wear these dresses don't they because they could she, yeah exactly if they so, said oh, we're going to be wearing this to the BAFTAs tonight actually mm, yeah it's mm. a good point good point 
yeah. Minor inconsistency there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even, maybe, he just, maybe he just doesn't know the ins and outs of the industry like I do. I hope someone got fired for that bloke. He's quite new at being famous. He possibly doesn't know all the ins and outs. Yeah, that's true. Well, Maggie definitely doesn't know. They say, who are you wearing? Maggie. No. Who are you wearing? Maggie Jacobs. No, uh, whose dress is that? Yeah. <laughs> she won a competition. Don't talk to anyone else. <laughs> so we're onto the we're onto the BAFTAs. The red carpet. Yeah, we're onto the red carpet, yeah, and, and uh, I feel like the the, the BAFTA scene is. It, it's probably the biggest scene they ever staged, right? In terms, yeah, yeah. in terms of bringing in that huge auditorium. It's, that's the first time in anything that Ricky and Steve have done where they've they've kind of had such a big venue for it and well, such I a big to, scope and set. And you know, cost. To be honest, if you see kind of the tricks they're pulling. It's all real BAFTA footage from previous years, I think, except for... Davina on stage. Well, Davina on stage, but yeah, when you see the wide shot of the table, so I can't actually remember the specific shot, but if you look back at that wide shot of the table, trickery. that's the only... And like, only that's trickery. the largest amount yeah. of people. They are always unknowns behind them on that wide shot yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you see them on their table, you can tell that's in a small kind of set. Well, yeah. exactly, yeah. So when there's wide shots and when there's the shots of the crowd outside and stuff, it's not like they've got them for extras because mm. they would have been for it. And no matter but how big the office in, was... In terms of... In in terms of the scope of the scene, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, yeah, the, yeah. as we said, the amount of celebrities that come in, and, and yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, it's now, the now biggest it's... scene that they've done, yeah, and they've yeah. kind of just got a, 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 a roll call of like national British national treasures, pretty pretty much, much, like, yeah, in. a constellation of stars, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I say, they're all just extras, really, like, yeah. their main story, yeah. Well, one of them that's you know, quite a key role is, is uh, this, this lady that turns up quite a beautiful lady really and she's from Holby City so she's a successful actress she's not some random extra but is Which, she a real actress though I guess she is I think she's supposed yeah I think she is supposed to be which obviously was completely lost on all of us I think she's supposed to be one of the celebrities of the episode who turns up and you're like oh it's her of Holby City but okay. obviously none of us well, do honest, even <laughs> if, <laughs> I she looked far familiar to me even if it's lost on us the, the point is that she's a celebrity she's a famous she's successful in her career right so she's not an extra so when Andy went out with her it was before he was even an extra right so she turns up and it's immediately really really awkward right yeah um, Andy I think makes it more awkward than it needs to be yeah. it's just ridiculous but um I don't know, and then it turns out he dumped her. I mean, I, I, she seems way out of his league, if you ask me. And this is, um, I'm after, this is going to be a launch-off point. We're going to get into it again. Okay, Incel, yeah. Incel, Incel, Incel yeah, Corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Incel, Incel, just get it out of the way with now. Everyone's favourite moment of the show. I lost my virginity, full stop. Is that the jingle? That's not the jingle. It's good night from me. Is that what the... For God's sake. All right, do it again. What's the jingle? I lost my virginity, full stop. And it's good night from me. Right, so what have you got for us from Incel Corner this week, Danny? Well, this is the peak episode of Incel Corner. Um, because <laughs> oh, you'll notice... Is it finally peaking? Does that mean afterwards it dips and fades <laughs> away forever? <laughs> we used to have started stitch last week, yeah. peaking this week. Is it next week, please? Yeah, please. We, we used to have Stitch Up Corner. We used to have proper, proper I know. things. Proper, proper <laughs> things. No, we used to have deep conspiracies yeah. about the show. <laughs> this is this is quite important, though. It's quite an important facet of Andy's character. Okay, thing. go on. So, uh, <laughs> in series one, you know, it's... We're laughing at Andy because he lost his virginity at 22 to a woman like Ronnie. 28? Corbett. No, but yes, in series two, the age suddenly goes up to 28. Oh, okay. and, and is it? We can see here, we can see here that Andy has in fact been lying to Maggie about what age he lost his virginity at. 
because they sit there and they have a conversation where they work it out and he says it was a it's bad Christmas party and she suddenly realises that it's not 22 which actually to be fair nowadays is probably quite common but it's 20 no it Especially is an yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 seriously I'm not going to go into it it's, it's more yeah it's probably it's probably more common in nowadays to wait that long but 28 okay. 28 is still that's still like laughing territory right laughing people you would you would get laughed at. Like, don't make me laugh it comes up it comes up again in cemetery junction with a fish and chip shop man who was 28 and got no muff at all played by david earl so 28 seems to be a significant yeah they've got 28 in their heads haven't they yeah they've definitely got it in their heads yeah but yeah maggie deduces that he didn't lose his so he's 28 to the woman that looked like ronnie corbett so she like the audience is utterly baffled at how Andy Melman went out, ever went out with this girl. So, right, okay, well, mate, stop we, you there, right? The fact that he did go out with this girl blows your whole future out of the water, right? I think there must be some special circumstances. Well, that we, what's the special circumstance? Let's pass it in a special circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps she used to be different to how she is now. In what way? She's blossomed. Yeah. What? That, she that, used that, to be a man. That, that's, <laughs> no, no, no. Really cool. I don't want to get into it, but I, I, I get the impression that. What do you mean you don't want to get into it? You started in Cell Corner. I don't want to get into this, but I've got a whole feature. The that there, there's a story here that we're not being told. Like, at, like Maggie's baffled, we're baffled. Um, it's just a standard joke. The joke is that she's out of his league, but he's the one that dumped her. Like, that's all there is to it. Yeah, but did he really dump I think I'm the fact sure that they even went out in the first place blows your theory out of the water anyway. I'm not it's sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that, yeah. I mean, so, can I just check? Can we even explain what Intel Corner yeah, is? Let's, let's rewind a bit, Danny. Do we let's have rewind. to explain? Yeah, we might end up cutting this out. So if, if this is still in the end recording, it didn't go well. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. If this rewind. is still in the end recording, sorry. Yeah. Like Andy, Milman, means, Andy Milman. May I try and summarise what Intel means? Yeah, can we start okay. from the beginning? Right. So to the uninitiated, this is a feature that Danny's quite keen on. It means an incel is somebody that's involuntarily celibate, usually a man, and he believes Andy Millman displays tendencies of this particular condition. But in, in, subculture. It says it all, doesn't it? The fact that it's a subculture. I thought yeah. it was a condition. Incels are angry and angry, chip on yeah. their shoulder at women. So. They hate women. Yeah, he's not an extreme. He's not yeah, like it's a. Bollocks, he's, it? he's not like a proper, you know, Reddit mass shooting type. But he's <laughs> he's definitely he has got he has he's had low confidence. He's struggled with women. and He's got a chip over his shoulder. He doesn't struggle with women. We always see him doing all right with women. And this one's hot. To. This one's way hotter than he deserves. So right. he doesn't struggle. He's got this woman from yes, Hobby but City. No one can believe it. Like Maggie can't believe but it's it. It's true. It doesn't matter. If Maggie can't believe it. believe it because he didn't lose. His he manages to charm. He manages to charm the woman outside his flats. It's only yeah. Maggie who fucks that up. He yeah. He manages to. He, he goes on dates and he's doing all right with the Christian woman from the Kate Winslet. Episode. Yeah. Until and, that all goes wrong. And Maggie again. Successful relationship with this woman that he decided to terminate, who's way out of his league. Okay, this is not a man who hasn't been laid, Danny. I, I, think, I think he was definitely well, until he was 28. But I think he, 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 he blocked, he's until, until he was 28, he was an incel, though. Fine, let's call it that. Okay, let's agree with Christmas party with a, and, and it's still being held against him all these years if later we, by Maggie. If we agree to that, he was an incel until he was 28. Can we bend this feature? <laughs> Can we all agree to this? Yeah, it's, yeah. Quite, it's quite important, right, though. Put your he's 100% in incel until 28. No, 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 I'm not done because next episode when um, when Steve oh, Sherwood God. comes knocking, it's coming up again. Right. All right, okay. Right. But yeah, so we'll, just we'll just a, then. just a little aside to that. Steve and Merchant and and Ricky Duace both said to us in their interviews that a lot of their humour comes out of you know conversations, real life stuff, mm. stuff that's actually happened. So do you think maybe one of those two didn't lose their virginity till they're 28? They sure. do have a. They do have a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Name and no names. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Through the power of deduction. <laughs> I think they knew people that were in that situation, put it that way. <laughs> Alright, let's fucking move on. What's the next scene? Mm. You bloody get on with it, ignorant. Now we've got the shot of them sitting at the BAFTA table, ready to take the award, and it's kind of like a, a bit of a, a passage of time sequence, yeah. because they're just sitting there, getting more and more bored it's with this sort of how long endless, endless, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, It is tedious if you watch it as well. And it reminds, I mean, I personally love award shows, but yes, yeah, so I can see how... Have I'm you seen the, um, well, obviously you guys will listen to the XFM shows, so we all yeah. know there's, uh, when I think they went to the Trick Awards, the television, media, and film <laughs> yeah, awards, right? Yeah. And I think at one point, so Ricky went with Jane, and I think Steve took Carl as his guest, as his plus one, and he had a camera, and Carl had to get a suit, and there's a really like, whole time sequence. two and a half grand on a suit for Carl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a really, really great sequence in the XFM shows, you know, if you haven't heard it, go and look it up, but... Okay, basically, Carl Wilkinson basically goes on to say how it was, like, the worst night of his life. Three hours. Yeah. Um... I mean, I suppose for you two, at least, you know, you were going to get something. Sure. Yeah. But I thought we were going to be sat round tables, having a nice yeah. bit of food, yeah. whilst people are going up there winning awards. Yeah. But three hours of the same thing over and over again. I mean, if a film's three hours in the cinema, yeah. you go, well, it's long, but, you know, I wonder how it's going to end. Yeah. But this was just like the same <laughs> thing over and over again. Some guy going up, thanks a lot, cheers for the bit of brass. And then going down, sitting down, the same thing over and over again. Mm. I wouldn't, I, honestly, right? I, I'd say it was one of the worst things I've ever had to do. But maybe, yeah, maybe it was born from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what makes me think yeah. about it. And as for time passes, who pops up? Who's at the BAFTAs oh, as well? How did he get there? Who else? <laughs> and he's not just there as a guest or as a sort of hanger-on. He's there for, what is it, the, the best drama nomination. So, he, yeah, so he's not personally a nominee, but his, the show he's been on, right. Paul Abbott's <laughs> Cock of the North. So Cock of the North. North. Greg, did we say Greg? It's Greg. Greg. Did we say Greg? Oh no, we yeah. just said he. he just, mean, he everyone just, knows who he is. He just appears, you know, yeah. like he's like the ghost. You know, he's just, the lingering shadow yeah, of Andy yeah, like tormented just appears, psyche. Almost as if from nowhere. That's exactly what I consider Greg, the lingering shadow of Andy Millman's yeah. tormented psyche. He just leans into every situation where Andy just needs a little dig. I'm still convinced he's all in Andy's head. I'm still convinced of it. And he doesn't even have the strength to fight him off this time. No. He does this sort of... He really lets him like, overwhelm like, him. Yeah, yeah. He does this sort of really limp, like, like cackadic oh. gag about him being a waiter. Yeah. And then after that, he's like, yeah, mate. All right, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, pretty yeah, funny, right. to be fair. Because he's obviously... Greg's obviously been on some kind of like hard-hitting BBC2, yeah, exactly. like... You know, uh, our friends of the north, boys from the black stuff type. You know, Shane Meadows type. Everything like, Andy wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, like drama, yeah. credibility. Yeah, 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 exactly. He says yeah, yeah. that, but then he won't be in the Shakespeare thing with Robson Green. So <laughs> next week, Danny. Next, next week. week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. He doesn't want Robson Green. He wants uh, whoever's in Byron, Clive Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Clive Warren, anyway. Clive Warren, yeah. <laughs> so he, may, yeah, he gives him a dig, and Andy thinks he's having a bad night, right? He has no idea how bad it's about to get, because the next scene we've got is the same, still in the chairs, and we've got this tribute to Len... Len Sherman. Len, Len Sherman, Sherman, yeah. Never really existed, did he? No, <laughs> no, I made I him up. No, of course he didn't exist. They're not going to play his death for last yeah. and, and I tell you what, yeah, I used to walk through a graveyard during lockdown, oh, and um, yeah. it said on the grave, his beloved wife, and every time I walked past it... <laughs> I just thought, his lovely wife, <laughs> tacky shit. <laughs> 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 I 
just <laughs> bloody sing. <laughs> just a little Did laugh. Did you walk through the graveyard so laughing every time? That's yes. Mental, how you walk through a graveyard and make that connection. But haven't we all done that? Haven't we all made connections? I'd be looking for like Miss Leibovich. Old Marley. I can just imagine you walking through a graveyard sinisterly chuckling to yourself. It's just the same little grave that made me laugh every time. Beloved wife. So they're at the table, but this time Darren Land turns up, right? Darren Land's not just on his own, he's late for a very special reason. He's been. He's got the radar. Prototype radar. I love the way he blunders through the audience, banging into people, this lanky figure of always clumsy. That's a recurring thing, Darren Land's clumsy. He's always like. But that's Steve Murchard. You've got to use the height for clumsy. You can't have that body type. It's it's like it's like a trying to it's like Steve Stephen Stephen Merchant told us that um John uh, John Cleese was actually his 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 kind of icon his role model yeah his role model from um, Monty Python and that was all height based comedy basically long limbs yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. stick insect. Exactly. <laughs> so he, he blunders. He's, he blunders his way through the audience. And yeah, while of, Richard Bryce is trying to do his like emotional kind of memorial. And it's that it's that perfect meeting of credibility yeah. and yeah. dignity yeah. versus the Ray doll. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you have a laugh. You have a laugh. Yeah. You have a laugh. And yeah, it just gets stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you've said before, Jack, about this idea of was it Chekhov's gun that something comes in yeah, earlier? Yeah. And you say Chekhov's Ray doll. Che- Chekhov's Ray doll. Yeah. <laughs> it had to come back later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In that situation, it's literally the worst thing you can possibly imagine. Well, happening. Just <laughs> having a little thing that won't stop going off. Yeah. And the reason it's so perfect is because it's unmistakably Andy's calling card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Any other noise in the world, you might have been able to get away with. Right. Yeah. And if, but you have a is so and you just know that everyone in that room knows and hates the catchphrase you yeah. can imagine that the catchphrase has kind of swept the nation's playgrounds by storm yeah. and yeah. everyone in that room can't believe he's nominated and can't believe, believe he's there. there and are now just haunted by the by the by, by, by the by the by chattering the hideous, of his, of his hideous, yeah. I was watching it today in preparation for this, and I, I, I'm working in my office in, the, in my house, and my wife works like in the, like two rooms down, and this <laughs> trying to play it, and, and she was like, like circusing it, and she was shouting, <laughs> turn that off, come in the meeting, turn it off, because all she could hear was coming from my room, so it was even annoying her. Did she come in and like stamp on your computer? <laughs> what I love as well is when Richard Bryars comes over and like he's he's like this figure of, of dignity and yeah, credibility yeah, yeah. and then he smashes the doll and then its head falls off and its trousers fall down yeah, yeah. and he's just holding this 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 ray doll with its trousers down next yeah. to Andy Millman and it's it, it's a real metaphor I think for like credibility yeah. versus this is you. So well that's the thing, yeah, yeah. Humiliated, yeah. trouserless tacky shit <laughs> standing ovation Andy Millman's ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's up cheering for it and it's a sort of in a sort of last ditch attempt to claim back some dignity and he says to Darren pull the trousers down (laughs) I feel like when everyone everyone claps that's like like the Bowie moment when everyone starts singing along with the song yeah yeah, It's it's kind of like it's like everyone's opinion of, of Andy Millman come, suddenly comes into the room collectively as like, yeah, this fucking tacky well, shit. Yeah, Why yeah, is he yeah, here? Yeah, we'll, yeah. you know. Yeah, but if he uh, won, it would have been really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know. Yeah, that's yeah, what, that, that's what made it clear he was never gonna win. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like a bigger humiliation than later on when you know the woman humiliates him. It's actually almost like he's already been done. You know, he's already done. He's already done. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? It's that sort of <laughs> the escalation because obviously in the Bowie episode it was all that building up to yeah. that huge moment when everybody was singing and it was the worst night of his. 
his life. Right? <laughs> this is up there with that night, I'd say. At this point, yeah. even so at this, this point, is this is televised. Even, on television, yeah, even yeah. at this point, this is the worst night of his life. Yeah. Right? Uh, equal with Bowie, but then to sort of feel what happens next, it just it takes it up to a whole new level. You know, it's just the most humiliated a man can be. Yeah, well, of course. This is the thing. As soon as you see Maggie talking to, I mean, I'm, do we even know her name? We're even going to bother oh, looking up her name. Her name. <laughs> as soon as we see <laughs> Maggie talking to a Holby woman, Holby City woman, what should we call her? This is uh, it's the same you, scene, basically, that's been in every episode. It's yeah, you just know. You know it's going to come back. Yeah, you the know last it's... episode with Warwick Davis' yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but the idea is going to be Maggie's going to tell her what Andy said, and then so in a couple of scenes' time, and I'm not saying this is like a uh, like like an insult to, to, to the writing. Like This is kind of it's the formula you want for It mixtures. is a formula. Yeah. Really but it's also good. what you want for mixtures, because you want to see... It's kind of... I mean, it's like it's like all the classic sitcoms with a with a rigid formula. You want to see how this one's going to be a bit. Yeah. Different. You want to see how this one's going to play out. <clears throat> but also, it's really exactly. interesting because you've got these next two scenes are essentially splintered. You know, we talked about how this show sometimes splinters the main plot with Andy going one way and Maggie going another. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's in the sort of Les mm. Dennis and Bunny episode or whether it's the Orlando they split off episode. at one point and. And in this moment, they both split off to the toilets. Yeah. So we've got a scene in the toilets with Maggie talking to the ex-girlfriend, and then we've got parallel a scene with um, Andy in the toilets talking to Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry pops in, yeah. And of course, in the Stephen Fry one, because he just you, lost the. Well, this is the thing we don't know that at that moment, right? There's a tiny little fake out with Andy standing in front of the mirror with the bathtub. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, in front yeah, of him. yeah. So there's this really like momentary fake out where he's sort of standing there, washing his hands, looking at the bathtub. And then Stephen Hans, sorry, Stephen Hans, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Hans Fry leans in. And, Stephen uh, Hans Fry. <laughs> Stephen Fry leans in, picks up the BAFTA, and commiserations, Andy. Yeah. So presumably, at some point this year, Stephen Fry's tried his hands at, uh, at a sitcom. So yeah. Andy was never going to win. <laughs> well, this is the thing, but he's so, like, insolent to Stephen Fry. Like, you know, Stephen Fry, for anybody that's sort of not, like, aware of the sort of British comedic com- com- comedy, Stephen Fry is royalty. Yeah, he's, country, he's right? a national treasure. He's already so a national treasure. So if you want to yeah, be, yeah. like, shitty with somebody, don't do it with Stephen Fry. Do yeah, but that mean? goes to show oh, that... I don't know, actually. I, 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 think, I, I tend to think if I was Andy Milman, I'm actually kind of on Andy's side of it here. I'm thinking, actually, I, I'd be being a bit fresh with Stephen Fry. Coming at it from humble. a different angle. Something... If there's anybody you could be humble with, though, do you know what I mean? This guy is, like... <coughs> He's a, bit like of a, he's, a bit of a, he's a bit of a cheeky sub, though, isn't he, Stephen Fry? <laughs> what, in, in real life? I, I think I, I think if I was Andy Milman, I'd, I'd probably be making... Homophobic jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it kind of shows that... I mean, fair enough, he's on. he's got a sitcom, he's been nominated for a bath there, he kind of sees himself in, as a peer, he's in that world, isn't he? Now? So he doesn't have to be humble. Well, but but Stephen, Stephen Fry right. doesn't know him, and he's just, he's just coming in and making all these comments. He's just throwing shade He's just saying a little bit of advice, you know, I've been in the business a long he's time. He's a little right? bit of advice. It's Stephen Fry throwing shade, let's be honest. Throwing shade. But it reminds he's not me giving of, advice, he's just having a bitch. Uh, Stephen Fry, I believe, is, again, one of um, Merchant's role models. I think there's an extra yeah. on uh, the Office DVD where he's talking about how he met Stephen Fry. We said Fry Hugh and Laurie when we spoke to him. Yeah, Hugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fry and Laurie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where Merchant's talking about how he first met Stephen Fry and he kind of tried to rattle off one of those Fry and Laurie's like, nice. routines to him. I was also, I have to say, very excited to work with Stephen Fry because I, yeah. particularly when I was younger, was a massive Stephen Fry fan. I remain so, but uh, I can recite whole sketches. And it was weird as I was talking to him. I did at one point say, "I have to just say to you, you know, sir is handsomely right to say so." And if two broad-shouldered, long-fingered gentlemen such as ourselves can come independently to the conclusion that the morning we are currently experiencing is one of a goodness, then one of a goodness it most assuredly is. Which is a some dialogue from one of his sketches. And Stephen because Fry went, "Fuck off, you nerd." So yeah, obviously, it, it must have been a big deal for Merchant to, to, to have 
be able to direct Fry and have him coming along. And he's he's, another, Andy yeah, he's another one of this constellation of stars, right? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to keep that one. I've got yeah, that one. You've no, seen stars. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so one, one thing one thing I noticed was I read a review, an old review of Extras, and it was sort of slagging it off a little bit, Series 2. Right. And one of the things that it was slating was this this sort of bringing in of loads of celebrities just for the sake of having them there. It's mental. Which is exactly what the whole conceit of the, sh of the episode is about, uh, of what Andy yeah, Millman is doing is about. Yeah, that's true. So, so this, this article, I felt like they'd completely missed the point of the show. When they were slagging it off for doing that, it's like, yeah, but that's kind of the well, point. Yeah. That's so funny, though. I, until you mentioned it, I hadn't actually twigged about the fact that the episode, that this is their all-star episode. Yeah. yeah. And it's the very same episode that they wheeled Chris Martin out in, yeah, the, yeah. in the pretend show. Yeah, but exactly. bringing in Chris Martin is kind of also like a, I guess it's a reference to what the entire conceit of extras of yeah, the show is. Yeah, exactly. Every week it's a special star. Exactly. Yeah. And so I felt like the, the reviewer had woefully missed the point. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. that you can find it. I think it said when good TV goes bad. And it was it was slating, it, 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 it was yeah. saying how series two was disappointing oh. in, in, in compared to series one. Well, and also, you know, Jermaine Greer, you make me watch this stuff. <laughs> really? Why me? But also, if you're, if, if, you're, if you're going to make the decision to, okay, series two is where Andy's got his own sitcom, right? Okay, so you made that decision. You kind of, to get the most, and knowing that they weren't going to bother doing series three, to get the most out of that kind of comedy situation, you have to have him get nominated for a BAFTA. Like, you would have completely missed the boat if you hadn't. And if you're going to have him get nominated for a BAFTA, you have to have him go to the BAFTAs. And if you're going to have to have him go to the BAFTAs in a show that, where the whole formula is, we've got celebrities coming in to interact with this guy, you've got to have a bunch of celebrities because he's at the BAFTAs, do you know what I mean? So yeah. can, that's the whole point. And if yeah. you're going to have a lot of celebrities at the BAFTAs, it'd be a waste not to have a scene where they're doing coke with Ronnie Corbett. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the same scene, right? Because he's in the toilet, Stephen Price fuck off, and straight away, Steve Merchant just pops over the door. He's been there the whole another time. Bit of, another bit of physical hype yes. comedy. Yeah. He's, he saw, he's, he saw me over the door. He saw you under the door. <laughs> that's one of the funniest bits of. It can't help himself. That's one of the funniest bits of uh, physical comedy in the whole show when that head just yeah. pops up from behind, well, yeah, yeah. behind yeah, the cubicle. The yeah, very funny. And of course, physical comedy with someone as tall as Merchant is perfect to have someone as short as Corbett, right? Of course, because he opens the door and you've got this little head that just turns around. <laughs> and the way he's all kind of tweaked out and he's sort of yeah. just a little bit a little bit kind of and as, as, I mean I guess in episode in series one when they established the fact that Andy Millman's ex well the woman he's, he's lost his virginity to looked like Corbett they must have planned yeah. I bet they were planning at some point oh, we've, now we've mentioned Corbett we've got to get him in at some point yeah. and once they've known what we've got to have Corbett in at some point just like with Warwick Davis, you have to have him stand next to Stephen Merchant. So, so is, he, is it Chekhov's <laughs> Corbett? Yeah. Chekhov's Corbett, yeah. 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 The long game for two years. Yeah, yeah. The plan was in place at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously Andy's added six years to the age he was when he lost his virginity to her, but... Yeah, I think that. I think. <laughs> but also, to be fair, he's only in it also for that other joke. I think where um, Maggie says, "Oh, is that the woman you lost your virginity to?" And then Andy says, "No, that's actually Ronnie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a third one as well. When she comes on and humiliates him, she goes, "So a woman who looked like Ronnie fucking Corbett," and he just yeah adjusts his glasses. Yeah, but they, I, 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 they adjusted the glasses. He still looks kind of pranged out, like he's still a little bit on edge and coked up. I find that whole whole idea very funny. So they're in there at the doing the coke, brings Andy Norman in. He, he's actually trying to get away when he gets rumbled. And then yeah. someone knocks on the door, and Steve, uh, Darren Lamb gives this really like shitty attempt to get out of it by doing a lady's voice. And yeah. yeah. What's going on in there? I'm just finishing up. Excuse me for five minutes. What are you doing, Alman's voice? How many people are in there? One. That's a different voice. 
but uh, they get pulled into the uh, BAFTA office, right? Yep. With the head of BAFTA, I assume, is going to come on Yeah, yeah. Head of security. Head of security. Head of security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They don't yeah, have to explain. He's dressed like a Victorian gentleman or something. Well, he's dressed up in a tux for the BAFTA, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Corbett. It's always bloody Corbett. Yeah, considering he only gets, like, you know, three lines, it's got to get some pretty damn funny lines. Who, running Corbett? The bouncer. Oh, right, OK. Yeah. And and then he sort of presses him a little bit on on, on who who gave you it. Yeah. yeah. And then not. of all the people. But he, he, so the thing is, the thing I love about that is there's a little edge to Ronnie Corbett because he says, I don't remember. Like he's some sort of bewildered little old man. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Actually, like, you don't get it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, what the, thing, the thing they're setting but, up yeah. is it every single, every BAFTAs, every award show, yeah, yeah. there's always Corbett there causing havoc, doing clothes. <laughs> In the toilet. Yeah. 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 But you ain't going grass. Yeah, you ain't going grass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like it's a, it's a historic thing that's been going back years in the BAFTAs. <laughs> yeah. Corbett's always in there. Was it Moira Stewart? Oh, we're, we're imagine him with like the, 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 the sort of flavour of the week celebrity and he's just in the toilet with him doing coke. <laughs> yeah. like, the latest X Factor. Like he was in there the with, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, apparently Ronnie Corbett, like he was quite iffy about, um, you know, pretending to do coke on oh, really? extras, but um, he said he agreed to do it if the joke was that he got it off Maurice Stewart. That was what made it acceptable. <laughs> I think he was probably joking when he said he didn't want to do it then, so he yeah, could just probably, make that yeah, joke. Yeah, probably. Because that just sounds like a joke. Oh, I wasn't sure until I knew that I could do it, get it off Maurice Stewart. You know, I don't know, you know so, older gentleman, Darren Lambert doing coke in the toilet. The yeah, but no, but he's not like he's no. Um, Obviously, he's playing a fixed nice version of himself. He's no Keith Harris in, in Orville. Do you know what I mean? Like he's. Yeah, yeah, he's He's the two Ronnie's, it's classic stuff. Well, well, it is classic stuff, yeah, yeah. And he's kind of always had a bit of a... I mean, as much as you could back in the 60s, he's always had a bit of an edge, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been edgy, Ronnie Corbett, yeah. Not to the same extent as old Ronnie, the other Ronnie, Ronnie Barker. Well, what did he do? Well, he was a bit of a tearaway, wasn't he, Ronnie Barker? Oh, was he? I'm not surprised. Yeah. Have his demons, I think. Let's not bring it down, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 he, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, I'm still in the frame. Yeah, so, he yeah. wasn't an incel, was he? Really, no, I thought Ronnie, Ronnie Corbett was kind of the um, seen as the sort of straight laced one, wasn't he? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The, I mean, the top and bottom of this is that he's banned from BAFTA. Right. Yeah. He got his first nomination, and he's fucked already. Just again, down to Darren Lamb. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. In every episode so far, Darren screwed Andy over at one point or another. And uh, in this time round, he's been banned from the BAFTAs. Although he could probably make it to the Welsh. Oh no, he's not even allowed to the Welsh BAFTAs, is he? It's no, he Cor- is. Corbett's allowed to the Welsh BAFTAs. He's just allowed to the Welsh BAFTAs, but no, no, no. no only Corbett. Only Corbett. Only Corbett. Even Andy can't go to the Welsh BAFTAs. They're after main, you know, incredible celebrities. He says. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think the issue is more that you know Andy's not bothered about going to the Welsh BAFTAs, <laughs> whereas Corbett, Corbett will just take any invite <laughs> yeah, he can get. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Welsh BAFTAs. Yeah. Quite offensive to the Welsh, really, this episode, but you know. <laughs> Well, I think they're going to Steve Spears will complain. So, <laughs> seemingly, this is as bad as Andy as it can go for Andy, right? He got his first nomination, Rock completely embarrassed by his stupid Ray doll, completely embarrassed and now blown out of all the BAFTAs for the rest of his career. Goes back to his seat, really dejected. But his ex-girlfriend, Hobby City, is up to get her award. Yeah, because I guess Hobby City won, yeah, whatever it was. And she, she's completely trashed at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. She's and well, it, she's been told that she was actually boring, so she's obviously decided to just get, get really pissed and all yeah, this yeah. seething resentment. And, is going. Well, and I also think, I was going to bring this up in your incel corner, Danny, sorry to keep on bringing it up, James. But it's <laughs> important. It's, it's going to make it very difficult to cut out Jack. Our mutual friend Ollie, who wrote the music, actually thought incel corner was an excellent idea. Let's not drag on into this. Don't say that, that's slander. <laughs> no, he did say it. It's I'll true. call him, I'll phone him now. If you, if call him now. 
Oh, let's, let's get, let's get, get Ollie onto the show. Yeah, come on. Oh, James, don't, 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 don't. Oh, backtracking. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And the Rubbish. pressure's on now. He doesn't want Ollie involved. Yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> what? As you were. Perhaps I should use a different word other than incel. Okay. <laughs> no, it's too late now. Yeah, you've already done the three episodes. <laughs> man who was under. Man who didn't lose his identity. Got a hang about it. I just couldn't. I thought incel was a bit. Are you talking about yourself? Or? I'm genuine second thoughts. It's alright though. I lost my virginity. Full stop. <laughs> don't be too impressed you haven't seen her oh, oh. <laughs> well in case she's listening she I mean, she's going to end up trashing you at the BAFTA she won't, <laughs> she won't be listening she's not, she's not listening Run. <laughs> okay <laughs> but what I was going to say earlier Danny when you did Incel Corner is that <laughs> <laughs> this Hobby City Hobby City Woman seems pretty broken up about the whole thing. She's heard about yes. but she was she she came over to Andy. She's all she's acting kind of slight, slightly awkward around it. Yeah. She's very awkward. As Almost as, like she still fancies yeah, it. Exactly. That's what I was gonna exactly. yeah, yeah, get into. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as she finds out that Andy broke up with and she seems heartbroken when she finds out that he lied about the reason why he broke up with her. She looks like Les and Dennis did when he was sat there naked in the, <laughs> yeah. in the room. She's like and like because, her face yeah. drops. And then because of that, she's done the classic, like, spurned, like, oh, ex man. can't get over it thing. Yeah, resentful. Fucking, yeah, fucking hell, hell hath no fury, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up on stage in front of everybody, just fucking blows him away. I'd just like to say to Andy Millman, right? <laughs> I may be boring, but at least I didn't lose my virginity when I was 28. <laughs> <laughs> To a woman who looks like Ronnie fucking Corbett. I've never heard anything like it. And then prick! Right with the camera as well. It's fucking. It's kind of like that wanker. It's <laughs> a bit like that. Yeah. 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 She blows his Ronnie Corbett beans all over the BAFTAs and everybody knows about it. You get that little shot of Ronnie yeah. fidgeting with yeah, his wanker glasses, Ronnie. And uh, still yeah. coked up, yeah, still yeah. a bit pranged out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking awkward, man. I mean, you think it's just the, the worst it could possibly get, and the show has such a brilliant way of And it's just hilarious how he knows, he knows straight away when it's Maggie. Like, he looks at Maggie, yeah. she looks at him. No, no, no need to explain. Like, but do you know what I mean? This, it's just such a good example of this show, like having this. You think it's as bad as it can get, and it can always, always make it worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a classic comedy thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, always just twist the knife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like ten times worse than the Bowie thing. You know what I mean? This is yeah. like you said, it's televised. Two massive embarrassments. One of which is like about his sexual prowess and his sexual experience and everything. It's just it's as bad as it can get. And yeah, the other one's about what a sellout he is. Yeah, like, the kind of his two kind of weaknesses. <laughs> the two <laughs> things he would have written down as like secret things he would not want. Yeah, to yeah. Over. <laughs> especially not at the Baftas in front of everyone. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean we don't even see an aftermath after this either. You've got this sort of fade to black and then. Well, there's no need to like leave it on a high. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then we've just got Chris Martin with this uh, lovely little rendition of uh, Tea for the Tillerman. But before that, there's a very very brief cameo from none other than Moira Stewart. No, 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 that's, that's after, that's, that's after, after, after credits. That's oh, post-credit scene. Sorry, the first yeah. post-credit scene of extras? First post-credit scene, maybe. possibly. I think it might be. I can't, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't think of another one. Because yeah. The Office used to do them every now and then, right? Well, yeah, usually the, the last episode of the series maybe oh. would have a... Uh... My knees hurt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Nearly done. It, actually oh, took, yeah, yeah. it took me quite a few rewatches to actually see that. 
Yeah. Because yeah. often, yeah, when it's the end of the show, you just turn the TV off, don't you? Of course. So you don't always see the end bits. Well, that's, that's, why little, that's why it's a little treat for the people yeah. who do watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that, fi- that final little scene of Moira <laughs> is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. just, to, just to round just, off just, the, 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 the amount of celebrity cameos, there's yeah, a, yeah. just a tiny little one, and yeah. she just threatens. Just, just so, threatens. So Moira's drug is the celebrity drug dealer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and for okay. anyone who doesn't know, yeah, and, and maybe we've got some American listeners that don't know, yeah, why is our Moira Stewart is a gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Canadians, you know, Canadians, South Africans. Moira Stewart, there. a Canadian beer drinking belly dancers. We got loads. Of <laughs> so Moira Stewart was actually one of the first kind of like black news readers. Yeah, she's very, very credible, yeah, very yeah, well respected. Yeah. So if, if, for her to be like a celebrity drug dealer for Ronnie Corbyn <laughs> is a ludicrous proposition. <laughs> and for her to play a long diva like yeah, yeah to do the like I'll, I'll, I'll have you. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of ludicrous that, but I like it. I like that they've gone all out in this. But this episode. is the thing you might as well like. It's, yeah, it's they they like we've said before. Like after the office, exactly. they probably just wanted a chance to just cut loose and just have be, some fun. Just be funny. Let's yeah. be absurd. Yeah, you know. And if you're and if you're if you're giving yourself a show where you can have just celebrity guests every now and then, well, every episode, just put them in ridiculous situations and get just get just the most ridiculous. Yeah, cut loose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well Go free, God. Yeah. <laughs> there's no sort of monumentally like huge celebrities in this one, right? No. Not like compared to like the. Well, it's only the Baftas. There's never. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always just the, the British. Television it's just the British crop, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's the British crop, but kind of next week, it goes fucking hyperbolic, right? We've got Ian McKellen. Yeah. I mean, that, that's possibly it's next supernova. Up there with Patrick yeah. Stewart and and, and um, what's his name? Um, Robert De Niro. I'd say they're probably the three and Bowie, Bowie, yeah, three or four biggest ones. But yeah, this is the this episode. They're like they're the uh, what's it called, the Mount Rushmore effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the the few um, little ones as opposed to the massive big one. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like McKellen has actually got like a pretty massive role in the next oh. episode as well. McKellen, well, rightly so. He's honestly so than, you know, that Samuel performance. Jackson or Bowie, he's got a really big role. Yeah, McKellen. yeah, yeah. But is rightly it? so because that performance is. Like especially that one scene he does, everyone knows. Oh about. god, I forgot how funny the next one episode. Next one of the best screen performances I've ever seen. This, the next episode is going to be phenomenal. I can't yeah. wait to talk about it. I just it can't wait to watch it because there's so many good bits in it. It's not even the McKellen stuff is excellent, but the Jermaine Greer stuff is excellent. Yeah. The Burn Your Bra stuff yeah. is excellent. His it's mate that comes along. It's you got Bunny's back. It's oh, bunny's oh, back. I'm actually excited. Yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm going to call it now. I think the next episode is the best one of the series. I I do. I have got some criticisms of it. We'll go into it next week. All right, we'll save that for next week. Let's talk about next week. I just think it's. A bit too much, but yeah. <laughs> yumma, 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 bigger leg. So, it's the part of the show you've all been looking forward to the quiz. Hey. Now, there was not a lot of content in this episode, and it's quite difficult to mine for a quiz. I'm sure I've said that before, but um, <laughs> you know, week. but mine on I did, and I'm sure James would have been watching and you know writing down all the answers as he went because he knew exactly what question I'm going to ask. But you know, I do have know. a feeling on some of the questions, he does have a feeling, yep, yeah, but um. Without further ado, here we go on the quiz. So, first things first, let's hear everyone's buzz. Daddy, why are you sitting so far backwards? Lean oh, in man spread in, in your own house. Okay, I'm getting accused of micro-questions by Jack. <laughs> but, um, Jack's going on salon.com to call me a feminist. But, um, you know, let's hear everyone's buzz. You have to name someone first. first, don't you remember? Mr. Jack. We are celebrating with that lovely bit of muffin. <laughs> James. I'm having the muffin. I'm coming from. <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a theme here. <laughs> and Seth. Hello, you. Okay. okay yeah. you, you and James were... Jack, you and James were so similar that I found my team again. What was yours again, Jack? We are celeb
Hop, okay, hop, right. Right. <laughs> the thing is, this scene is so brilliant, right? And I, I, I had to I mine it for this because there's not that many amazing quotes in this episode, but this this scene is jam packed with them. So yeah, it's all, muffin, all about so the muffin. It's jam packed. Jam packed. <laughs> jam packed. <laughs> okay, right. Right. Here we go. Fingers on buzzers. Question number two. Two. What, what <laughs> 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 question, question number one. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. How long have you been doing this quiz for? Question. Okay, I just remembered that one comes before two. Fingers on buzz. Question number one. You know it now. Right. Right. On what day? <laughs> right. Okay. In, in the universe of series two, episode four extras. Right. On what day? In the month they're in, does Coldplay's greatest hits come out? Oh, and what man. day? What this is date? the kind of thing. What date in the month? Yeah, I know what you mean. This I'm is sorry, going yeah, to be out. You know what questions are, so you knew this. Yeah, was this is out. the kind of thing we should have. Under the muffin. What, James? Fourteenth. No. Anyone else want to go? We are celebrating with that lovely bit of muffin. Sixteenth. No, they're both very close. Seth, do you want to go? Seventeenth. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Odd numbers are always funny. Odd numbers are funny. That's honestly that's one of the rules. Really? Odd numbers are funny. Yeah. Don't know why. Never heard that. I one guess before. it's because they're less obvious. They're more odd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Question number two. Um, whereabouts is the BAFTAs being held? We are celebrating with that lovely bit of muffin. Royal Opera House. No. And last one we go. Hello, you. Royal Albert Hall. Royal Albert Hall. No. Royal Palladium? It's the Grosvenor House. The Grosvenor House? I don't remember that. Where is that? You see it written on the building as they go oh, in. Oh, I, 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 I thought maybe Davina had said it. I've it's never it. actually said in the show. No, 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 but it's, it, you can see it. It's, it says on the building, Grosvenor House. Wow. It's, okay. a, de- it's a detail for Fair the enough. show. Yeah. 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 Fair enough, that's a good question. I wouldn't have got that. Question Didn't number, get it. Question number three. Uh, when Andy and Maggie are about to have their conversation about the Holby City woman that Andy and Flawsby went out with, um, Andy points out to Maggie someone famous. Who is it? And it's before you talk about the wine. Jamie Thigston? Very close on the right lines. Oh no no no! Jamie no, Thigston. He, he used to he used to work with Jamie Thigston. I'll tell you that much. Uh, really? Uh, we all celebrate with that lovely bit of muffin. Andy Peters? No, um, not Andy Peters. Jamie Thigston. Come on, kids TV in yeah, the nineties. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Richard Bacon. No. no. Okay, you want to guess now? It's Toby Anstis. Toby oh, Anstis. Toby Anstis. Yes. I knew it was one of them. I, Anstis. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Always bloody Anstis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's two questions in a row you failed to answer. So. Oh, wow. That's a tough that, one. That's a tough one. Okay. Yeah, Which, I'm going I'm to admit I watched this episode on my lunch break on my it. phone on double speed so oh, you know <laughs> I watched it on the train over yeah, I've seen it loads of times though to be fair right okay anyway question number four this one might stop me as well which South Bank show wins a BAFTA we are celebrating with that lovely oh, Dick, Dick and Dom Dick and Dom yeah oh, I would have yes. got that would have those, got those are the things that I did pay yeah you do like, pick like, up those things yeah, yeah this yeah. is going to be a, a, a question yeah. okay question number five what has Greg been nominated for performing in? We are celebrating with that lovely bit of muffin. Jack. Paul Abbott's Northern... Oh, I don't want to know who wrote that one. No, no that's, part, that's the name of it. Oh, you're on the right Northern lines. Muffin. Northern Lights? No, Seth. Oh, fuck it up. I, don't, I can't remember. It involves, it's the Cock of the North. Cock of the North. I knew it was something the North. Cock of the North. Okay, question... <laughs> Question number six. There's three questions now. You haven't got. I dare, I, I, I dare say that's your fault, not ours. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> this is no, your most obscure question. These are all good. These are all, these, this is all the kind of questions that you yeah, expect. They're such deep cuts, though. No, they have to be. They have to be. What else? 
What else was I going to do? What, what's the price of the dress? I mean, yeah, exactly. That. I, did, I did pay attention yeah, to yeah. that. Question <laughs> six. This is one you might pay attention to. When was Len Shearman born? Oh, fuck it. Oh, fucking daddy. <laughs> I had um, Len Shearman's name ready because I yeah. thought that was going to be... <laughs> when was he um, born? Oh, we God. died in 2006. With his lovely wife. We are celebrating with that lovely bit of love. 1938. Okay, no, do you know what? I'm going to give you a point to whoever's nearest. Okay. Actually, no, 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 no point to whoever's nearest. That's not fair, actually, because... You've all, you'll, you'll be tactical guesses now. So yeah, let's just hear another guess. So, well, you already said what you're going to um, do, Danny. 1924. Uh, <laughs> 1924. Uh, you're further away, sex out. Oh, uh, what did you say? 1938. James when he said that in the first place? Good question. Because, oh, <laughs> Best question we've had all night. I was trying to make it fairer, but you know what? It was too fair. Okay, never mind. Yeah, question yeah, number oh seven. God. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. This is... yeah. What table number was Andy Millman sat at? We are celebrating with that lovely bit of muffin. Uh, 17? No. Nine? No. I'm miles away. I have no idea. 36. These were his guesses. It was yeah. number 48. Right. <laughs> no, no one gets Question that. Question number eight. Now, someone should get this. This is relatively easy. What Coldplay song does Chris Martin suggest for the Africa appeal? That was, that was me who came in. I, it was me. It was me. Go on. It was trouble. It was trouble. Trouble. That's what your boyfriend said. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've always loved how he doesn't get the melody right. He yeah, yeah, his yeah. own song. <laughs> so, after eight questions, Seth has a score of two, Jack has one, and James yeah. has one. So yeah, that's 50% of questions unanswered. So maybe I made the quiz a little bit too hard. I think we just weren't paying attention this week. We weren't paying attention to the mind you showed. So yeah, Seth has won. So yeah, Seth is now in the lead with two wins to uh, Jack's one and James's one. So yeah, next week, guys, pay more attention to detail. Well, and if anyone at home did better than that, well done to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, send, send, send us a Twitter yeah. message letting us know. And maybe you should uh, come be on the podcast next <laughs> week. <laughs> you know that anything involving a date or an obscure name, I'm always going to go for. So you should, you should have been writing that down. We really. just need to look through the dates and names and, yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. every, every, every That's every your most obscure quiz, hands down. No, like, I, honestly, I think he's it's, it's equally as obscure as he normally does. It's just that we obviously weren't paying attention yeah. to my new show this week. Right. Yeah. Oh, don't ask me any more questions. Okay, so that about rounds off um, episode four of series two. Thank you all for listening. Well, there you go. What do we think of the episode, guys? Brilliant. How do we think it compares to the rest of the series? 
it's mental. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's very quotable. When you when you look through uh, sort of the extras quote groups, Chris Martin's scenes are very quotable, yeah. very funny. I sometimes lose the chronological order of what's in what's episode yeah. extras. So it was it kind of it all kind of. It is a bit more, it's a little bit less coherent and more muddled together than yeah. The Office. But I don't know, I'm really enjoying re watching the, the, the series and kind of trying to thread it all together again in my mind. Mm. I think it's a great episode, yeah. Before we recorded the episode, we all said about how when we watched it back, we were surprised at kind of how little happens in this episode. Mm. He literally pretty much meets Chris Martin, gets told about the BAFTA, goes to the BAFTAs. There's not really much more to it. And I remember... Before we before I watched it back in the, in earlier episodes, I said like kind of this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the mm. series. Watching it back, I think I probably jumped the gun a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's still a good one because I remember like when when I was watching it, like it suddenly all came back to me, and I was like, oh yeah, this happens and this happens and this happens, but there must be more to it. I must just be yeah, remembering the highlights, and there must be kind of like you know filler scenes that I'm just forgetting. But no, it's literally just they kind of they knew what story they wanted to tell. They knew like here's the comedy scenes we need to make that story like they didn't they didn't need yeah. to when it goes from he gets told that he's got a BAFTA nomination and it just goes straight to now I'm shopping for a dress with Maggie like there's no scene where he goes and tells Maggie he's got a BAFTA nomination no. there's no scene where like they're getting ready to go out shopping like it just goes straight into it like, it's quite kind of raw build up and knockdown isn't it yeah it's sort of it's just it, we're bringing out a Ray doll look out for that later yeah. we're going to the BAFTAs look out for that later yeah, what was yeah, that yeah. his girlfriend she was boring Maggie can't tell her and we'll look out for that later so, so yeah. it's, 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 just, it's just set up and knocked down like on three or four levels it but depends it's so, a good episode. it depends in what in, in, in what way you look at it like in, in what you want from the episode if you want it to be one of the more poignant moments it's not but if you want it to just be funny yeah, yeah, it's and very, like, very funny. You like the cringe as well. Like it's cringe, all out, awkward, hardcore. It's all out. It, you get more for your money on this episode than, than a lot yeah. others. I yeah. think they're just having fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think the next episode I prefer, but this is still, a, a, yeah, a, a really. Great the next episode. episode is way more plotty. Though. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot more kind of like. There's definitely like, more going on. There's more kind of threads that get twisted together, and and there's yeah. more kind of uh, jeopardy for Andy as well. He's got a decision to make, and he's got to make it there of whether he's going to go with the guys from his old school or whether he's going to go with his career. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and then you've got Bunny as a balance. It, it's uh... Bunny. Bunny's the, the yeah. The, <laughs> but yeah, I've got to say, I've, I've, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I've got no sympathy whatsoever for Andy for the next episode at all. He's just. <laughs> I, I don't think you're supposed to be. Anyway. No, 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 I look forward to that. It's sort of getting towards the stage in. The Christmas specials where we're basically supposed to hate Andy. I think next episode is the start of that. Yeah, real descending to just like even thicker. They have some some redemption in the in the sixth episode. Oh right? yeah, yeah, he does. A we'll bit, get to yeah. that when we talk. But yeah, when we'll, we talk we'll about get to that when we talk to it. Yeah, yeah, series. I think episode five is a preview of a if, nasty Andy we see in the Christmas special. If I'm yeah. honest, that's one of the things I do kind of not take issue with, but I kind of I feel a little bit shortchanged by the sort of the sort of constant pseudo-redemption of Andy like in the in, in the Bowie episode he kind of learns his lesson supposedly episode 6 he supposedly learns his lesson goes back to the kid in the hospital and then at the Christmas special he learns his lesson again it makes me think that actually the Christmas special that, that's isn't... life that's what people are like yeah exactly I was, gonna, I was thinking exactly life, that life is partial redemption you know partial it's not just redemption. like oh I've redeemed myself now I'm going to be perfect forever is it you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. so, it's I, like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge I bet on December 28th he was a grumpy bastard that's a great way of looking at it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true it's true though like no no one redeems themselves forever Andy Millman is a deeply flawed individual he's and redemption is, redemption is a, is a is a false promise it's a moment a glimmer of he's not such a bad guy yeah. but really I don't know he'd need quite a bit of therapy I think and also in, in both the Bowie episode when he goes back to the pub to see kind of David Erlen and his freaky mates 
and in the next episode where he goes back to the hospital to visit the kid, he's he's doing it for nice reasons. Like like he's kind of like he's learned his lesson a bit, but he's also doing it kind of for selfish reasons. Mm. In the David Allen, mm. in the Bowie episode, he's going back because he's the best knows he can get. That's the best he can get. When he's going back to see the kid in the hospital, he's doing it just because he kind of feels guilty by Maggie. I think he does genuinely feel guilty yeah. about that. Though. He literally it's, is there for Maggie, isn't he? Because he said, "Well, I didn't know this and that." Well, exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's only. I, I mean, and I guess. I mean, we can get into it when we record when we yeah. do the Christmas special episode. But I, that's the one where he actually does learn his lesson. Like he gets emotional on Big Brother, and it's yeah. on TV as well. He's learned his lesson yeah. on TV, so that's you know that's full circle. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of as the series ends. That's that's always the moment of redemption, isn't it? That's the kind of trend. Well, well, well I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause... But it's like Brent's redemption, right? We don't think that Brent's permanently changed after that. Right? No. And just because he just because he got a got a date and and sort of turned around and started being a bit more authentic, it's not. It's a glimmer of hope. Yeah. That's all a redemption ever is. It's a little glimmer that someone might be able to change somewhere down the line. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ah. You know, come back in 10 years. <laughs> See what he's up to then. No, he could be married no. with kids. You don't know. Because no, that's life on the road. So <laughs> yeah. we did that. Didn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. Move on. Next. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thank you all for listening. And is there anything else you want to talk about on that? Or no, yeah. no, I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. done with it. Just, just roll out the next one. <clears throat> yeah, boring, isn't it? I did watch it last line, so yeah. What the uh, De Niro one? Episode five. I ended up just watching. Till oh yeah, no, okay, yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, rate, review, subscribe if you like it, or unless you don't like it, because don't leave a bad review, because you know we don't want a bad review off a bounce or a shop assistant. Um, don't forget, we're now sponsored by Beer 52, so you know, if you fancy some beers or a subscription or you're stuck for a Father's Day or Christmas present for some relative that you don't know some what they want, then yeah, subscribe to www.beer52.com slash one and blog and you can help support our ongoing work on this podcast. Which, which we appreciate. Which we very much appreciate from all of you. And it's very good beer as well, isn't it, James? It is actually excellent. To be fair, we make a, like, a little bit of fun about this Beer 52 business. Um, but actually, we've had some of these quotes come to us, and we've, I really enjoyed them. So yeah, we would genuinely recommend, especially because it's only what five ninety five. So yeah. you can always cancel it after the first one. If you, you use our link, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. use the link. <laughs> www.wernandblog. No, hang on. What is it? www.beer52.com forward slash wernandblog. Right, and you can get the first credit for five ninety five, and you can cancel at any time. Yeah, so read the subtext into that okay, if you, okay. as you will. I'm going to say something. Listen to me carefully. Do you want to tell them to be cancelling that subscription? <laughs> that's your Christmas and birthday oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> birthday. yeah 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 it might not fit but um, yeah anyway do that and, and remember good. also yeah, we have our, we have our Stephen Merchant special so yeah if you haven't already listened to that check it out um, it's probably oh. my favourite thing we've ever done yeah 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 we are I mean to be fair we are all kind of buzzing after that because we did the yeah. Ricky episode for the 20th anniversary and that was amazing And but I, you know I, I'm, I have to say you know, I missed out on the Ricky Gervais episode for various work related reasons so I was a bit gutted but I never thought we get Stephen Merchant. In a sense, I feel like that was more of an exclusive than Gervais. And to be honest, you know, the, the, the thing that's been... So not, not because, because, I'm not slagging <laughs> Gervais off, I'm just saying he does more of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's all I'm saying, the, he the does more yeah, of that sort of thing. The thing that's blown me away, really, is, is just how fucking happy the listeners are for us. Mm. Like, I would not, you would not believe the amount of messages that people are saying. They're, they're so Look their faces. They're, really, <laughs> they're enjoying the episode, obviously, but the main thing they are is just happy for us, I think, because yeah. I think they're all a bit like us. So they can't believe the work experience, kids, yeah. finally got... 
not podcasters, guys. We're just fans of the show that happen to podcast. No, no, we're not. We're not really. We don't do like loads of podcasts. We just we just happen to podcast, and we're fans. Done quite a lot. All right, we're fans of the podcast. We're not podcasters. Whatever you get. We're not professional podcasters. Yes. Well, well, you well, should be. Daniel, yeah, you're, you're, podcast, you're podcast like that. You'd be the best in the country. <laughs> I'm not interested. All right, but no, basically, our Stephen Merchant episode we feel was kind of like our high point in a sense. It was our, it was our, it was our maybe our swan song as well. But like life on the road, we're going to keep going. We still got three more episodes yeah, yeah, left. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably not a swan song. So, so thank you. To, did a week ago, and we're still recording. So thank you to everybody that's listened to the Stephen well, Merchant you know, episode. Go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. And um, yeah, we look forward to bringing you the last few episodes of this series and then the Christmas special. Yep. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. And if you haven't already, don't forget to go on to wherever you're listening and give us a review. I don't know how much it helps us on the charts, but it'd be nice to hear from you. Um, yeah. And it's good night for me. <laughs> <laughs>